On this episode, we smoke El Septimo Botticelli, 7.5 by 58 Salamon. Welcome to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome to Burn Line Podcast. I am your host, Johnny Midas, joined by Nick the Brick McCann. Nick, how are you doing this morning? Hey man, I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing awesome. As always, we are coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprises Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Lounge in North America. We're glad you could join us on the show this morning. We have something a little bit different today. We're back. We took a week off. We did take a week off. Actually, I took a week off. Uh, I was at uh, the Maker's Mark Distillery down in uh, Kentucky and had a blast. I'll, we'll we'll probably do that on the show. Yeah. Um. I got it. Brought a couple of bottles back. You know, the classic, and then the the recipe forty six, which was pretty popular. Um. But I'd just like to share that with everybody. It was it was a pretty cool experience, and you know, whiskey's pretty adjacent to cigars. So yeah, for sure. I think we can. Uh, Enjoy that without getting too drunk, or at least not more drunk than we normally get on the show. Um, no more than the blackened episode. Oh, God, the blackened episode. The after show was amazing, from what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that don't know, I ralphed all over. <laughs> that was just a strong combo for 8 a.m. on an empty stomach. So I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was totally. Me trying to sing Metallica was fun. That was great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but we are smoking the uh, El Septimo Botticelli, so uh, this is probably um, in like the high end cabinet in uh, whatever you know, wherever you're you're shopping for it. You know, these are these are higher end, more expensive. I didn't um, I didn't ask you, but how much did you? Uh, these were twenty seven fifty, I think. A piece, like that. yeah, yeah, okay. So it depends on. The like the the taxes and stuff in the state, but I would expect to spend between twenty five and thirty yeah. on these. Uh, so not a not a cheap cigar, and also not super common. Um, I, I think they've had some challenges with distribution. You know, getting people to actually carry them. It's a per, you know at that price point, you you can't sink that much into inventory, and you already have some really amazing cigars at that price point that people are demanding. Yeah, uh, this isn't one of them. So I yeah. I think the price point. Is a bit challenging for the brand. All right, let's list off the brands that command a, a twenty-five to thirty-dollar price point. Right, Padron, Padron, Davidoff, Davidoff, Placencia, Monte Cristo, Monte Cristo, Placencia. Right. Yeah. So here come these, you know, this other brand. This right, right. Anyone else? <clears throat> yeah. And and they say, yeah, hey, hey, we want to be in this club too. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I guess uh, some of the 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 brands not. Not the companies, right? But the product brands uh, are demanded by customers at that price point. So you'll have people that come in and are like, I want a Placencia because they heard that name. Yeah. But you'll also have people that come in and and are like, you know, I want the Alma de Fuego. Yeah. I want the Padron 1926 Little Hammer, you know, like a, right. a specific cigar, right? Which, by the way, that's kind of a kick-ass cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Padrones, uh, I would imagine Padrones coming up on an episode here soon. I imagine they'll, they'll be on an episode soon. Um, 
that's one that uh, I'm definitely not going to have whiskey on because that'll kick my ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a reason they call it a hammer. Um, but uh, so El, El Septimo, we're going to talk a lot about this company because it's probably less well known to our audience, you know. Uh, but this is a seven and a half by 58 Salomon. And just a reminder to all of our listeners out there, if you have the chance to smoke a Salamone or, or, you know, really uh, any shaped cigar, um, it takes more skill and the people doing the bunching and the wrapping and everything typically have been doing it a lot longer, have a higher level of skill. Um, so that's that means you're typically increasing your odds of not getting a fucked up cigar. Yeah. A regular Parejo, you know, I mean, that guy could have graduated from rolling school yesterday. I said, I wish <laughs> the, the caveat, though, is that with these, there's a way smaller margin of error. That is correct. Right. That's a great call out. You can fuck it up more easily. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the presentation, and then we can get these cut and lit, because I want to start smoking. But yeah. first of all, this is a massive cigar, 7.5 by 58 Salomon. Um, the wrapper is very smooth. Uh, very oily. Oh yeah, no veins. No veins. I mean, this this is a, uh, a a very carefully, I would say, grown and selected tobacco. Looks like looks like a piece of leather that just got seasoned. It does. Yeah, like they're definitely going for um, the high end over processed look. You know, like yeah. right. It's a little passe right now. It was very big in like the twenty tens. Yeah. Um, Today, like the the slightly more like rustic look is in for rappers, but this was very popular and very expensive. Um, well, I think the combination too of the the bands shining and then mm-hmm. the rapper shining, yeah, is like you almost get a a, a reflection. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, you can you yeah. can you can hold this up to your face and get a suntan after yeah, a couple yeah. hours. Like yeah. this is shiny. Um, it does have an oily wrapper and. Uh, it has two bands, so there is a gold El Septimo uh, band with their seven logo. It looks kind of like a a script seven uh, with a an ink blot over the top of it. Like that's like a, the that's like the uh, Spanish seven. Yeah, it's like with a, the line through the mm-hmm. vertical line. Yeah, yeah horizontal the, the line cross. through the vertical. Yeah, yeah the, the cross. Yeah, it's kind of a Rorschach test with a seven in the middle of it. Um, it's like a Pollock. Yeah. Right? Yeah, without the color. It's a yeah. it's a photocopy of, of a Pollock. Yeah. If we're going with the art the um, art theme. So but that's their normal uh that's their normal logo. And then underneath is a uh green band that says Botticelli, the sacred art collection, um, handcrafted. And I I think the bands are pretty gorgeous. Um they've got a little bit of the uh uh, what would you call it? Um, hologram. Yeah, holographic. It's, yeah, it's the the gold holographic. It's the border. Border. Yeah. On both bands, which you know, uh, Cohiba is very famous for that on their cigars. So, I can I can kind of see some of the pieces of of uh, branding from other companies that they're uh, sort of drawing into their product. Um, I would say that the the wrapper and surface of the cigar definitely Davidoff-esque. I think the the bands are, you know, they're they're kind of cribbing from Cohiba there, although yeah. Um you know, these are a little less like classic, 
a touch more avant-garde, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other thing, and, and the box, I didn't bring it into the studio, but uh, the box is... Kind of lime green, right? Yeah, it's the same color as this other this Secondary other band. band. It, it's a good-looking box. You pretty open simple, it up, though. It's, it's pretty simple, yeah. Which is appreciated. They didn't overdo it. Um, but uh, I do want to call your attention to this. What do you see? It's crooked. Oh, the band? No, the cigar. What do you mean the cigar's crooked? It's not straight. You mean there's a curve in the cigar? Yeah, it, it curves <clears throat> pretty significantly to the... It looks it looks like an eggplant. Oh so. my God. He's being dramatic. <laughs> You're being dramatic. <laughs> it curves. All right. Yeah, there's all kinds of rooms for jokes there that we're not going to make, but it curves to the left a little bit. Um, so... Uh, Overall, I would say, uh, I don't know, like there, there's a lot of effort put in here. I actually don't think the presentation is that great. Uh, first of all, the cigar is too large. Um, yeah. Second, the shine on the wrapper and the bands, you know, like you can't even take a picture of it very easily because it glares. Um, yeah. I, well, I just took a picture of it um, to highlight the glare. Yeah. That was very easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have to try very hard. You know. Um. And then the wrapper, like, I appreciate it, uh, but I will tell you, it's not, like, this is not cool these days, right? This the super processed, super smooth, it doesn't look like tobacco anymore thing. It's just not, it's not in anymore. So, appreciated, but, you know, just like I appreciate a 19, you know, 1940s Louis Vuitton bag, it's really well made and, and whatever, but it's, it's just not cool anymore, you know. Unless you're a hipster. Um, so, interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously way more attention paid to this cigar than, uh, you know, some other cigars in the humidor, right? Yeah, it, it, it's almost like you could you could um, <clears throat> single stick display this in a museum. Like, it's kind of like, it's kind of that's what they're... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you guys should have seen <laughs> the look on this moron's face. Look, trying just, to, this, this, this cigar is curved. fucking curved, it's man. Curved. Like, it is curved. Look at that. For for those of you who don't know, the Salomon uh, tapers um, off at the foot and the head and the cap. So the cap is a, a bellicoso-style cap, and the foot is a what's called a nipple style foot it like a shallow torpedo almost yeah um but the but the body of the cigar itself cap and foot aside grows Tapes. bigger yeah as uh, grows bigger as you get closer to the foot and yeah. and slims down closer to the cap yeah yeah great uh, great description there um so let's get this cut and smoked and with that it is time for our official Cutting of this El Septimo Baricelli. Your official cutting is brought to you by Fat Boys Cigars. The bold and delicious flavors of premium hand-selected tobacco leaves are highlighted in the original Jacked Cigar by Fat Boys Cigars. And don't forget to try the new Fat Boys Cigars Boots on the Ground series. For every cigar you purchase in this series, Fat Boys Cigars will donate $1 to charities benefiting our frontline heroes. Fat Boys Cigars. Welcome to the Fat Boys world. Shout out Fat Boys Cigars doing great work also uh just a reminder the boots on the ground series two ends on 9 11 very fitting yep uh for the series two uh but they'll continue to donate till the end of october so mm-hmm. 
uh, that's when they switch back to breast cancer awareness. So, yeah, great cigars, and I love what they're doing with the uh, donation thing. That's absolutely cool. Yep. So, thin red line. Can't wait to smoke that one. Yeah. That one, uh, yeah, Bahike-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll have some episodes on those yeah. for sure. Definitely. All right, so don't forget to clip that cigar with authority. we got to work on our synchronization there, Nick. Um, I am using my open-ended double guillotine craftsman's bench, and you're using your Drew Estate uh, close-ended, which means you're clipping it like 17 times because it's a Salomon, right? <laughs> Would you cut this? Would you cut that more? Yeah, I can. No, no. Would you? Would I cut it more? Yeah. If this was were your uh, cigar, yes, I pr- I would. One more? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think I would. That's that's where I cut mine at. Just a couple millimeters. Oh, all right. I am I am specifically not going to cut my cigar. Not to be. No, no. It's your cigar. Cut it however the fuck you want. You just ask my opinion. Hey, that's an important point, John. I think that you just made there. It is. <laughs> It's your fucking cigar. You can, are you getting a lot of stuff coming off? No. I'm not getting anything. Yeah. Wow. I think I see like two dots here. Which, I mean, it, it, it varies cigar to cigar when we tap these out. But, yeah. So, I mean, some of them there's a ton. But, like, there's never n- none. Yeah. There, there's nothing. On these. So, we're, we're doing the uh, hand tap. You know, it just after you clip that, go ahead and turn it upside down. Tap it gently on the back of your hand and just get all that little dottle off. Um, but not much is coming off. So, all right, little taste and cold draw here. Not much of a draw because you know the Salomon shape. It's uh, the it's the lip tongue taste. It's the taste of that wrapper leaf. <clears throat> I mean, should I say this out loud? Because it sure tastes like there's something on it. No, no. All right, I'm 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 lighting with cedar. All right, so Nick has got his cedar strip. This is uh, important too with this little nipple foot. Um, like don't overcook it. So the, yeah, you have to let it smolder away. Yeah. Like your first 15, 20 draws, your first five minutes of the cigar are going to be light smoke output. Right. And it's going to be like a slow transition into when it opens up into the foot, the 58 gauge part. Right. Um, and then that's when you're going to get the smoke output, but don't force it. Don't torch it. Right. Right. No, I think this is, I think the Salamone or, you know, Bellicoso are great um, candidates for like toasting like you're doing with the cedar because you can you can really uh, shit on this cigar with a torch very easily right because you got that little nipple and almost everybody I see yeah. they'll like blast it away with the butane torch yeah. just to get to the tobacco right and, there, there's a there's a little bit of impatience that comes yeah, with this with right. this vitola right however here is the uh, the benefit of this vitola is if you properly toast that little nipple um basically it will burn correctly like it self-corrects right as it smolders into like the the actual foot you know the the 58 ring gauge part of the salamone yeah Uh, it's very hard for it to burn incorrectly if you toast it uh, regularly so that's kind of the benefit but i i get the impatience part that people have but i'll see them just Literally using the torch to blast away the nipple. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're, uh, they're, yeah, they're they're pointing their flame a couple inches into the cigar. Yeah. You. I mean, the the same principles apply if the circumference of the foot is that small versus a six sixty. Right. You mm-hmm. want to toast it the same way. Just like that. Yep. 
and it will open up on its own. Um, and then the other thing I'll see people do is it'll go out. One thing that I like about the uh, cedar strips that typically come in your cigar boxes, if you're if you're toasting with them, is they do not release a significant amount of aroma, and there's virtually no byproduct. Like they turn into an ash that is finer than if you were burning paper. It's a, it's almost hard to believe until you see it. Um, by the way, one of the uses of that those uh, cigar strips is actually to regulate humidity. So they also absorb humidity. Um, so if the exterior, you know, of of the box of cigars is too humid, the the cedar actually absorbs it and keeps it from over humidifying the cigars. But then if it starts to dry out, it releases its humidity. Typically, it's releasing humidity, you know, up until the cigars are being sold. And so when you're using these strips, they're very dry. And that's good. Mm. Mm. So that's a, so for me, that's a surprising mouthful of, of smoke. This, uh, you can see I'm not past no. the nipple yet. Yeah. All right. So it looks like we are both toasted up. And we will let this burn a little bit. I'm I'm looking at my wrapper. I can see I have one hole there. Yeah, I see that. And uh, there's actually age around the hole, which means that this didn't happen like post-cigar production. Um, as cigars age, if there's like a pinhole, it kind of like pulls back away and makes the hole bigger and gets a little thick. So Nick's wrapper is very sticky. Mine's a little sticky, that sheen. Mm. I'm not convinced there's not something on the outside of this wrapper, some kind of treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, ju- I'm just not convinced there's not. The, the sheen doesn't look like normal tobacco oils. Mm. As well, uh, the taste of this foot. Um, In my opinion, so far, so good. In terms of taste. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Well, yeah. I guess that's why I paused is... Uh, I want to talk about flavor separately. Yeah. But when I when I taste the foot and then now lick your lips. The like the flavor of that is completely different, which is abnormal. Right. For an untreated cigar. It's normal for an infused cigar. Right. Um so uh yeah, why don't we why don't we talk about flavor? And uh if it seems like we're being a little picky, it is. This is an expensive fucking cigar. Gosh. It's got high standards, right? Uh, maybe maybe we we're unprepared for this. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't expect this much to be going on, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> the like yeah, so I get what you're saying. The 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 wrapper taste in your mouth is a is a completely different flavor than the smoke output taste, right? Um, and like neither are necessarily bad. No, but there's like a very strong like some all right, so, some cigar wrappers. Uh, folks that have smoked a lot of cigars, some cigar wrappers will leave like a residue on your lips. Um. If you have a, a mustache or a, a beard, right, then the some of that might rub off on your on your facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, like, it has a a very strong and distinct wrapper flavor, right? And here's the thing: I have chewed on, licked, um, you know, in in other ways, interacted with thousands of cigar leaves in my life, not just cigars, but I'm talking about leaves, you know, pre-wrapping and stuff like that. And they all taste like tobacco on your lips. Like there's, there's different nuances, but 
you know, you have a certain amount of leather based on the age, a certain amount of vegetal based on the age, and a certain amount of spice based on the region mostly, but also the curing process. Other than that, it tastes like fucking tobacco, and this doesn't, right? That's the difference. Yeah, this is, I don't know, man. This is interesting. I'm actually, I'm enjoying it so far, though. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the uh, the flavor, because I, I really like the uh, flavor. I'm concerned that when it opens up to the 58, mm-hmm. I'm not going to enjoy it, because I don't like big ring game mm-hmm. cigars. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm like a quarter of an inch in, and it's about a 48. Um, the draw is just about perfect for me. The flavor is really good. I, I I'm getting a very strong, I'm getting very strong vegetal flavors, mm-hmm. um, and that's mostly it. I mean, it's it's it tastes like a tobacco stalk, you know, tobacco yeah, it stem. It does, right? Um, I think. Uh, let me take a let me take another draw before I open my mouth. It's pumpkin spice season, everyone. I'm pairing this El Septimo Botticelli with a. Iced pumpkin spice coffee from Starbucks. Oh, God. <laughs> Shoot me in the brain. Um, do you like that, though? The coffee? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because I, uh, well, I rarely drink iced coffee. Mm-hmm. Even in the summer, I'm drinking hot coffee. And it's just always black. I won't. It's just. I won't. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm spoiled here at yeah. Union because I... We have our own coffee in. Dude, you're, the coffee here yeah. is like real coffee. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking good. It's special roasted. Yeah. Special blends. We're weighing out the grounds. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, like so many grams. Yeah. It's fresh brewed. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing I like about the Union experience is like, I hate going into a cigar lounge and they have a Keurig. And I'm not knocking anybody. Yeah. But Keurigs taste like plastic. Like here's a uh Cup of donuts, yeah, like K cup, yes, yeah. Especially if you have the cheap K cups, yeah. But even like your your Starbucks K cups, they taste like plastic. It's old fucking grounds. It was ground up like three years ago. Yeah, you know. Oh, oh. And I'm like, if I'm, you know, okay, so that's fine with my Havana Q. But you know, like, I'm buying something like that, uh, like the new DBL, mm. which we'll have to smoke for oh, sure. Oh wow, yeah. Um, what is it? Tenth anniversary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm smoking something like, man, I want to pair that with, like, some real coffee. Yeah. You know? All right, so I got a couple puffs on this, and absolutely, uh, I don't think I have anything to add. It's, like, very, it's just vegetal, like, yeah. something that grew in the ground. Especially when you draw it back into the back of your palate, kind of where your bitter taste buds are. Yeah, um, it's, it's got a vegetal bitterness, 100%. Was, it, yeah. Now, on the retro hail, you might have noticed there's a little bit of, I would call it burnt toast. Like white bread burnt toast. Okay, I see it. There, I get like a charred, a charred not, sense. Yeah, not not quite charred. Sure, but you know how like, like the burnt sugars in white bread, like they have that, you know, kind of flavor. And, and it's a little a little sweet yeah. compared to the. Oh. I think it contrasts with the bitterness, maybe. Yeah. A rookie move. Jesus, it was you. Guys. It was you last time. It's me this time. Oh, forgot to turn your notifications off, <laughs> did you? I nick the brick. All right, so uh, a couple of comments. First of all, as as bizarre as it sounds, coming from Johnny Midas, I have a really, really deep appreciation for the branding with this oh, sacred yeah. art collection. Absolutely. Like, not something I would normally associate with cigars. And also, yeah, it comes across as a little trying too hard pretentious, you know. Yeah. But it's just fucking cool, man. So this is the Botticelli. They've got... Um, 
what else do they have? Uh, Michelangelo. Michelangelo. I think they have all the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I think the branding is fucking cool. Like, this was a great idea, you know, to, to pair a cigar with fine art. Dali, you know? Rembrandt. Yeah. Yeah, they have, they have them. <clears throat> Wait, Dali wasn't a Ninja Turtle? They fucked up. <laughs> I think, I don't know. This is like a weird cultural thing, too, because this is a very, I mean, distinctly European brand. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like oh yeah, El Septimo, and then in, yeah. in like in subtitle cursive, it says Geneva. Right, right. Um, and yeah, yeah. Septimo is obviously not an English word. Right, right. So I think like obviously the with the United States being as young as it as it is, we have um, who's that guy with the Campbell soup cans? Oh, um, oh fuck, it's so embarrassing. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Campbell soup can guy. Um, yeah. Shit, but yeah, that. Then you do Marilyn Monroe too. Yeah, that yeah. century gothic type yeah. of. Uh, like, dude, that's that's our art. Yes, and, then, and then yeah. they have the Sistine Chapel. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have yeah. like Jackson Pollock who just like threw a bunch of paint on a wall. Right, yeah. And then they're over there, and it's like, here's the creation of Adam and Eve. Yeah, <laughs> like I can count the veins in Adam's hand or whatever, <laughs> you know. So on think, a fucking chapel that is uh, right. a work of art itself, eight hundred years yeah. old. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, painting inside of gorgeous stone structures um they found i think it was in the 70s they found king bacall of the uh of the mayans a fascinating story if you look it up one of the greatest archaeological finds ever because they actually found his body but he was who's that guy he was he was a mythical king kind of like um like ramesses in egypt or something you know like the big the one everyone knows about he's on all the artwork Mm. but um the inside of the burial chamber was painted and it was so pristine like the paint was still there andy warhol warhol yeah sorry go ahead did not paint the mayan burial chambers no like bright blues and reds and yellows um i was reading about it online and the pictures were gorgeous so yeah painting uh painting gorgeous stone structures you know seems to be a thing that thing that we do to celebrate you know but where did they where did they find them in a tomb, genius. In, in Egypt? <laughs> no, King Bacall in, in America. Mayan. Oh, oh, in Mesoamerica, Me- Mexico. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it was in Mexico. Pretty sure. Mexico, Central America. Yeah. North, Northern South America. Mm. Speaking of which, Costa Rica. Did you know that uh, New Mexico was named before Mexico? Mexico City was named before Mexico, and New Mexico was actually New Mexico City. The state of New Mexico. Was New Mexico City? Well, no. It was New Mexico, but it was named after Mexico City, not after the Me- Mexico the country. Mexico the country was named Mexico after Mexico City. And so, also after New Mexico. And after New Mexico. Allegedly. So New Mexico is actually old Mexico, and Mexico is actually New Mexico. New Mexico is the oldest Mexico. It's the oldest Mexico. Mexico well, City. Mexico City is the oldest Mexico, but it's a city. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Now that you're thoroughly confused. Yep. <clears throat> Woohoo. Man, I'm gearing up for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Are you playing this year? Mm-hmm. Are you? Yeah. I, I get into it. I have a lot of fun. It's uh Well, you gotta help me out because oh, yeah. I get my ass kicked every year because mostly I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's the draft. Yeah. I never do the draft. Drafting is very hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard and it's like what, seven PM or something? Like it's always at a stupid time yeah. when I'm like no, I'm getting drunk. I'm not. Gonna <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna smoke a Septimo and drink my Maker's Mark. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
I'm opened up to, I'm pretty much at the 58 now. Um, dude, this is going to last for like three more hours. Dude, this is going to last for hours. Yeah. This is a slow burning ton of tobacco. Yeah. I mean, this is like, uh, yeah. Um, I'll say this, the strength is, I think the strength is stronger than they've advertised. Okay. Because they advertise this as a mid-mid, mid-strength, mid-body, you know, mid-flavor. Huh. Um, Interesting. It's, right now it seems a little stronger than mid. I'm getting a little bit of that like nicotine tap, tap, tap on the back of your skull. Um, I'm really pleased with the draw because I'm pretty much at the 58 and it still has enough back pressure that I'm enjoying it. And, you know, I know that I'm picky about that. You know, not not everybody is, but yeah. I like to have enough back pressure that I have to make the cigar smoke. I, I don't enjoy when I put a cigar in my mouth and it just smokes itself, you know. Oh, I think you, th well, mine looks curved now that I look at it. Mine looks curved too, but it's because the sheen of the wrapper is reflecting it. It's making it look like there's, that part is absent. Because it's on your fingers now. That part of the sheen is on your fingers now. <laughs> well, yeah, so yours was straight out of the package. I will tell you this, uh, a lot of Salamones that I smoke curve as you smoke them. Mm -hmm. because of the way the heat enters in. Now, I think one of the reasons this is smoking so well is all of the El Septimos feature and two-bar construction. Nice. So we talked about this with the M81, but when you're bunching, there's a few different ways you can bunch. There's the like accordion style, there's the book style, and then and two-bar. Each of the leaves is individually rolled up into a tube. Yep. Each and, of the filler, uh, all the filler leaves. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that... It really, really improves the smoking experience, in my opinion, and, and it's really, really fucking difficult to do. Yeah, <laughs> and it increases the cost, you know, and the labor cost. So. But this is so weird. They didn't for the cigars that taper like this. Like there aren't the same amount of leaves here as there are here. Like there are more leaves down at the, but they're just shorter leaves, right? Well, uh, yes, and it, it could be, but I've also seen where they're just tighter at the foot. Right. So basically, they mash them together. So the cat. So in this case, it would be the, the. Yeah. But then, and you can tell when you smoke those cigars that are bunched that way, uh, because you'll you can like squeeze where the cap is, and it's super hard. Yeah. Right. And then it's less out here. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. So I it's gotcha. really like long filler all the way through, like ten leaves all right. the way through. Right. But they're fucking bundled tight. Yeah. And then they open up. So, and and the smoking experience, like you can tell. When you're smoking it so that's where some guys make the mistake of running like a reaming tool through it yeah and uh they don't realize like it's only the first three quarters of an inch yes and then but they go all the way through and kind of fuck up the burn yeah like let it let it, it ends go up tunneling let it go for a little bit yeah all all good cigars should correct themselves mm -hmm. if you're smoking them properly mm -hmm. which is that's just something i've learned in my, in my experience i should say um well, the other thing is the actual way they're wrapped. Like, so if you ever want to do an interesting experiment, take a cigar. I would recommend you, you know, use a Parejo and light it backwards. Mm -hmm. And as you smoke it, it will unravel itself. You're used to putting your foot in your mouth. <laughs> oh, can't be a podcast host without being a little comfortable with sticking your foot in your mouth. <laughs> no, but if you smoke a cigar bag, so I did this one time because I heard about it and, uh, they call it well. Drew State calls it safari style. Do they? Yeah, because yeah, some I guess some guy would go on uh, safari tours in Africa, uh -huh. 
and take like a bunch of Drew Estate acids or something like that. But he only smoked them where he lit the cap and smoked the foot. Yeah. And so they called it they called it safari, safari style in honor of this guy. Anyway, go ahead. Well, no, the cigar will unravel itself because the way that they're wrapped is designed that like as they cuz cuz as they as it heats up the the leaf changes mm-hmm. like it shrinks and expands and stuff. And it's designed to actually tighten up as you smoke it. If you smoke it backwards, it loosens up and the wrapper will come off while you're smoking it. So the actual physical construction is designed to self-correct as you're smoking the cigar. Hey, man, you know how we change pace, smoking pace, based on gauge? Yeah. Glancer, you have to smoke at a different pace than you smoke at yeah. 552. You kind of have to do that with this cigar throughout the cigar. Yeah. Like, I'm at the 58 now, and yeah. I'm like, I got to smoke this, a li- like, I got to puff it a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know when I get to the halfway point, it's going to be like, all right, well, this is like a normal Toro now. Mm-hmm. That's right. I never... You have to you do you have to adjust by thirds on this cigar almost how you you know the smoking pace. I am definitely getting a uh, leather note now that it's opened up a little bit. Um, the smoke output is really good. I like the smoke output. Um, but what do you think about the strength? Because I'm thinking you know now that I'm at the 58 level, um, you know the I would still say it's a mid body cigar, you know mid flavor, but the strength seems higher than that. You know, not str- not strong like a, you know, a strong cigar, but compared to the rest of the cigar. Did you eat? Did I eat? Yes, I had six scrambled eggs with cheese. Jeez. My wife is really good with eggs, and uh, she spoils me. Um. Yes. Okay. That's great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy for me. I'm a spoiled brat. Let me tell you what. I don't think. I, I, it it hasn't hit me yet. The nicotine hasn't hit me yet. But I, um, I've had, I had a, was smoking with a customer. Shout out to Nat. Um, Sherman. Nat, not Nat Sherman. <laughs> um, and we were smoking a cigar and he kind of finished a cigar before mine and was like, wow, that was strong. And then a half hour later, he had, he had left. A half hour later, I texted him. And I was like, yeah, that was strong. <laughs> like it, I didn't, I didn't feel it until like a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that might High happen here. nicotine tolerance for Nick. Yeah, until, yeah, until but, I reach the breaking point. Yeah, like it's not it's not strong. It's just stronger, mm-hmm. right? Um, like if we were doing a, a 10-point scale, like I think the flavor and body is a 5, but the strength is a 7, something like that. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a strong cigar, but it's stronger than it is advertised. Yeah, I gotcha. Should I should I talk a little bit about El Septimo? Yeah, why don't we do the tobacconist tip of the week first? Oh, jeez. So, Nicholas McCann, CRT, a.k.a. Nick the Brick, take it away. And now, your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. Boom. So, I lit my cigar with a match and then cedar this morning, but the match part is what we're going to talk about today. Um, because as many of you might know, all of those who were altar servers when they were younger, <laughs> um, there's a little, little thing on the end of the match that's not wood. And that I guess is, they tell me it's sulfur. Um, and that's the part that you strike on the matchbox that lights the match. Smells stick. like Satan. Yeah. Right. So what John's talking about is it has a very distinct odor and taste. Um, and like you can kind of smell... When that sulfur part is burning as opposed to the wood part. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like a freshly struck match is it has a you know very distinct smell. So what we want to do if we're lighting our cigars of the match is let that burn off. Just let it into the air. Wait till the flame gets to the body of the matchstick, um, where most of the flame or all the flame is on the wood itself, and then you're good to go. You don't want to transfer the sulfur aroma, taste, smell to the cigar. And it also, if you watch a match, like, it, you know, get in a dim room, light a match, and you'll actually see flakes of that, like, flying off, like little sparks coming off the tip. Have you seen slow-mo match light? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Go on YouTube and watch that. Yeah, it's pretty and cool. You'll, you'll know, like, you can suck those little embers right into your cigar and yeah. fucking yeah. wreck it. You know, I mean, it'll burn off in an eighth of an inch, but that's an eighth of an inch of the cigar you didn't get to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um so speaking of uh, sulfur and the devil, did you see uh, the Pope's Exorcist? Is this a film? Yeah, it's a film. It's on Netflix now. Is it new? Uh, it's fairly oh, new, is but this, uh, it's got Russell Crowe. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. It has Gladiator. Yes, it has Gladiator. It's pretty good, man. Wait, was he Gladiator? Yeah, Russell Crowe. Wh- which what movie was Brad Pitt in? Oh, Troy. he was Troy. in Troy. That's yeah. right. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No. All right, so this is a good one. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, I, you know, um, I but love it's, it's pretty good. But here's so spoiler alert: if if you guys you know out there in YouTube land don't want to uh, know the the uh, denouement of the movie, go ahead and skip the next ten seconds. So here's the, the reference. Here is this is the crux of the plot: is the cardinal that was in charge of the Inquisition was actually possessed by the King of Hell. And the entire Inquisition period of church history wow. was the work of the devil. And I'm like, that is a fucking cop out. You guys yeah, did yeah, that. Yeah. You need to own it. Own you your suck. mistakes. Yeah, like own it, man. But but it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. yeah, wow. That's an interesting. So it's set in the. Is it set in the Inquisition times or is it set no, now? No, and then they then they discover that it happened. Uh, yeah, it's set in like '87, okay, or something like that, and it's based on a true story. Like yeah. the the main character was a real exorcist mm-hmm. that really worked for the Pope, and he wrote a bunch of books that are really fascinating. Like, I don't know how much of it is fantasy and selling books, and how much of it is real experience, but uh, interesting fella for sure. The the whole real life exorcism stuff is very. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's very, very, very gray. Yeah, like, it seems like some people have very real experiences. Yeah. But I don't know how much of it is real real and how much of it is, like, psychosomatic real. Yeah, and then, like, the church will, like, half-sanction a lot of it, but also not. Right. They'll be like, yeah, you can exercise demons, but we know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I just, it's, it's a very gray area. It's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that tobacconist tip of the week. And uh, why don't we talk about El Septimo? El Septimo. El Septimo. So, yeah, we were talking about um, it, one of the reasons I wanted to smoke this is uh, it's probably not that well known, you know, among our, our audience as some of the more common brands in the U.S. Um, but uh, it's actually, a, you know, a fairly big brand like in we call it the AME market. Asia, Middle East, Africa. Um, very big in... Would that be AMA? AMEA is what they call it. Oh, AMEA. Yeah. AMEA. Yeah. Okay. Asia, Middle East, Africa. Gotcha. In in business terms, yes. AMEA, they call that. So, like, if you go to UAE, you'll find these 
on the shelf. Yes, right, hundred um, percent. So, like in in the Middle Eastern world, they're they're fairly big, especially after uh, Union kind of acquired them, and we'll talk about that. Um, but also in in Europe, and yeah, like it says Geneva in, in Europe, that's kind of like I don't know their equivalent of you know Cuba. Like if it says Geneva on it, that's a very uh, meaningful branding mark. Right. Like there's, I don't think there's any connection to Geneva with El Septimo. Right. Uh, but they put that on there. And and the reason for that historically is Geneva was the place where, you know, most of your Cuban cigars were initially imported. And one thing I will say about uh, Cuban cigars is um, they have been very vigilant and diligent over decades to control the chain of custody, right? So if you have confidence in the chain of custody in the Cuban cigar you're purchasing, it is a Cuban cigar, right? Uh, and not a counterfeit. So, oh, you're talking about European or, or Geneva, Switzerland, right? Yeah, yeah. So it used to be like that's where all the cigars were imported was yes. to Geneva, yeah. and then they would get distributed from there. Yeah. Um, that, was and, a, that was the, the European... Uh, Epicenter, yeah, yeah, right. The yeah. distribution the, point, the single point of call. Yeah. So, so Cuba did a great job control have and continues to have a great control over chain of custody. Gotcha. You know, in their supply chain. So it's like if it doesn't go from Cuba to Geneva, then it's not. Yeah, and as well, ours. like in, I think all of Europe, and it's changed now, but like there's one company that can purchase from Cuba and then distribute. You know, so like you can chase, you can trace the chain of custody, and so yep. you know you're not getting a counterfeit, right? Counterfeit thing. So, is, is there's a watch company that has Geneva in its tagline, right? Yeah, like all the Swiss watches, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, for the for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's just a. You think it's a? Is it a a Western? A sales tactic to target the Western world. Like, in, do do in people Europe. do people in Europe like? Oh, Geneva, like that's just whatever. And it's like Americans are like, oh, Geneva. No, no, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's hard to translate into American. But, yeah. for example, Florida oranges. Okay. Right? Like, people will put Florida. Georgia peaches. Yeah, Georgia peaches. You know, like, it, except it's a port of call. It's not, in a, well, it's an origination point for watches, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but it, it's more a port of call. So... Yeah, so like it says Geneva on the band here, and in in Europe that's like uh, in the cigar world, you know, it's just associated with the importation of premium cigars. So you and you reckon it's a it's a little bit of a Cuban reference too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's how you think of it. Well, Zaya Yunin and El Septimo cigars are not Cuban cigars. They are not. Well, we don't know actually what they are because Great they're undisclosed. <laughs> um, but they're made in Costa Rica. Which is well, yeah, but but they're not made in they're not made in Costa Rica so much as well, yeah, I guess they're made in Costa yeah. Rica, but but they grow their own tobacco in Costa Rica. However, yeah. their cigars do not use their tobacco exclusively. Right? So, like the overall project is back in the day, and this is before Union acquired them, right? But their goal was like we're going to make the world's best cigars yeah. and. You know, I think some of the established cigar brands would take umbrage with that, you know. Right. Um, and so from the beginning, they were collecting tobacco from all over to try to make a great cigar. And they still do that. So 
yeah, they have a uh, they have a factory in Costa Rica, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, it's like um, like you you'll get like my father's cigars, right? Every cigar is gonna say Esteli Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. But shit, man, you could be smoking an Ecuador Habano yeah. wrapper with a a Sumatran binder, you know. Um, but they're headquartered in Esteli, Esteli. yeah, okay. just like us if it was headquartered in Costa Rica. Costa Rica, yeah. Um, <clears throat> John and I were talking before the show about. Costa Rica. Costa Rica is kind of uncommon in my experience, at least, for cigar manufacturing. There are a couple companies that um, have planted in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is in Central America. It's part of that that thinning, right, between yeah, cent- between yeah. Mexico and South America. Yeah. Um, right, right, right near Nicaragua. Yep. Um, yep. Adjacent. Bo- yeah. Um, but it's got, it's very, it's very mountainous Mm -hmm. from what I've seen. I've never been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, some things that set Costa Rica apart. And one of the reasons I think that they're, some of the reasons I think that Costa Rica hasn't taken off as a cigar, uh, country, which looking at how the land is being snapped up in Dominican Republic and Nicaragua, that's probably going to change in the next two decades. Right. Um, number one is infrastructure. It is very hard to get in and out of. Uh, very, like, it's mountainous, and it's also, like, the valleys and hills are steeper. I can't imagine trying to get a truck up and down there. You'd almost need, like, a tuk-tuk or something. Yeah. Um, as well, uh, the elevation is very high. So, like, the, the average elevation is, like, 6,500 feet above sea level. Not the best for growing tobacco but they use the companies that do grow there use that as a boon well yeah they you have to use it to your advantage right right? they say oh well we have you know the higher elevation actually contributes to a better you know well yeah that's called marketing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's spin um and it's arid you know typically higher elevations have less precipitation right Uh, that can be good you can use that to your advantage as well um for one thing you know if you look at the pictures like there's not a lot of jungle you know right so Keeping your crops like uh, pure is fairly easy. You're not like, you know, destroying the rainforest or something to grow tobacco. Um, so, but I think of the the infrastructure, political climate, you know, lack of roads and electricity and stuff. Like, I think those are the bigger contributing factors. Yeah. To you know, and then plus, people forget like we've been growing tobacco in Dominican Republic and Nicaragua since the seventies, sixties. You know, they've had. Well, half a century to build up infrastructure. I mean, Dominican's been longer than that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since the beginning, since fucking Christopher Columbus. But yeah, I mean, really, it was after the like modernization. It was after Cuba when yeah. they when well, they left. And La Aurora, you know, says they're the original in the or Dominican factory in 1903. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Been, um, so, yeah, they they have over a century right. of building up infrastructure. Costa Rica hasn't had that. No. So. Beautiful place to vacation, by the way. Like, if you want an affordable, gorgeous vacation, yeah, like Costa Rica is the place to go, man. I know some folks who did uh, study abroad at, in college and they enjoyed it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but that's irrelevant because they weren't smoking cigars. Oh, what a waste! I know you went to Costa Rica and you didn't smoke cigars. Okay, so a couple of notes on the cigar. First of all, I just got past the hump. Mm-hmm. So we are 49 minutes into the podcast, and I have smoked an inch off of this seven and a half inch cigar. Yeah, your cigar was getting bigger until this point, and now it's getting smaller. Yeah. The cherry. 
I just rolled the ash off and I just picked it up. Yeah. Very well constructed. It looks like a football. It does, yeah. So, uh, pleased with the construction. Um, but this is a slow burner, man. I mean, I could see this being a three hour cigar, no Shit. joke. You should have come in at seven. I know. <laughs> we, we should have started smoking earlier. Yeah. Um, as far as flavor notes go on this cigar, it hasn't changed much. Are you noticing any? Nothing, nothing in particular that stands out. Uh, the bitterness is still there, but I can't tell if that's the smoke flavor or the wrapper flavor. They're kind of, mm-hmm. they're merging at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that, that that lip tongue taste versus the the smoke taste itself. Um, it is a little distracting. Yeah, it, it's just you're like, oh, oh, that was a flavor. Which part did that come from? Mm-hmm. Did that come from the the over flavorful wrapper, or did that come from the ball of smoke in my mouth? Mm-hmm. Um, Good so, smoke output. Good smoke. It output. is like the smoke output's good. The burn's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's still, I think a lot, a lot left. Yeah, a lot left. I mean, we're, I'm just into this cigar. I mean, mm-hmm. look, dude, I've smoked an inch and a quarter, mm-hmm. maybe, out of seven and a half inches. Um, a note about El Septimo cigars, all of them. Undisclosed because, like I said, they're collecting tobacco. Um, all of the leaves are aged seven to fifteen years. Also, they use three to five different fillers in every cigar. Oh, so they're a little, um, you know, they play their cards close to their vest mm-hmm. when they're talking about what's in it. Mm-hmm. To me, that re- that diminishes the experience for me because yeah. I really like to know that information and kind of explore it. See how it plays on the palate, you know, stuff like that. Um, however, interesting, the information they give us is interesting. Um, it's like uh, the people that love to nerd out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the people um, that have an incessant need for, for information versus mm-hmm. the people who love to leave a little bit to the imagination. Mm-hmm. It's like the two, two types of people. Right. It's a, you, either, you either love to know every single little right. detail or you're, you're like... That's fine. I don't need to know everything. And I think it's in keeping with the brand because it seems like they're trying really hard for this to be a luxury experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like in your mind's eye, you don't see like the CEO sitting on the veranda of the golf club or the country club smoking his nice cigar, talking excitedly about what region of Nicaragua the tobacco came from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, that ties into the Union brand, right? Because. Mm-hmm. They're a luxury products brand. Yeah, they're very diversified. Yeah, diversified yeah. portfolio. And so they acquired El Septimo in 2005, I believe. Uh, I I think it was 2019. 2019. El Septimo started in 2005. Oh, okay. I got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Zaya, Zaya Yunin uh, acquired the company, I believe, in March of 2019. Yeah. And rebranded. Yeah. Really strongly rebranded the brand. So I think uh, most folks, and I'm not sure if it was even called El Septimo before that. And and the only reason I say that is I don't remember it. And I mean, I've smoked my way through 12 different states, you know, in a bunch of humidors yeah. uh, over the last 20 years. I think I would remember, you know, the brand, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Could just be, could have been very limited distribution as well. Right. So uh, with that, I think it is time for our tobacco news of the week 
with Nicholas McCann. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. Hey, man. The news of this week is this cigar is burning real slow. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think the, the probably the biggest news this week was there was a kind of a shakeup in not not necessarily a bad way at the head of Altidus <clears throat> or Tobaccolera USA, I guess is. Yeah. Um, Which is their sub company for North America. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the... Uh, so basically the the head of JR Cigars is going to be the head of Altidus now. Tobacco Laris USA leg of Altidus. Yeah. And then the head of Casa de Monte Cristo is going to be the new head of JR Cigar. Okay. And then there's an interim head of Casa de Monte Cristo and they're okay. going to fill the position as well. All right. So they like... I guess guys just shifted up Shuffled. a yeah. spot. I don't yeah. know. Because it's like the three, you know, three really big entities in the within mm-hmm. the corporate scheme here. Um, yeah, so the the JR guy became head of Altus USA. The Casa de Monte Cristo guy became head of JR. And then they're gonna they gotta fill the Casa de Monte Cristo guy. And uh, Don Pepin. Don Pepin. Don Pepin. Yeah, the twentieth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really awesome cigar. Don Pepin twentieth anniversary. It's a my father's cigar. That just came out gorgeous, hands down. Their stuff is the, in my opinion, some of the most beautiful yeah. boxes, yeah. presentation, band designs. Yeah. Um, and so that cigar fetches a pretty penny. I think is about thirty-two, thirty-five bucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, just released, just shipped. So that's something that we're really excited about here. Um, if we can get our hands on some, we will. Fair disclosure, I just bought a pack of five, and we are going to have a party. Yes. Don Pepin party. Well, Nick, thanks for sharing that news from the cigar world. Um, let's touch back on this cigar, and then we will rank our cigar. Um, so it's it's actually a little difficult to uh, speak about the cigar because I'm an inch and a half. I'm about probably two inches in. I think I'm about two inches in. Probably 56 ring gauge right about now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm still in the first third like i'm just barely transitioning right i will say that the flavor uh hasn't changed um definitely like bitter vegetal kind of flavor it's a good flavor you know it might not be in somebody's wheelhouse but for what it is it's well balanced um the smoke is present it doesn't have any uh i don't know areas where it stands out to me the presentation the wrapper and the smoke all play very well together in that it's a very polished presentation same thing with the smoke like it's not thick or creamy or chewy it's just there there's enough of it very smooth um just like the wrapper um so interesting there though i think the uh, biggest comment i would make on flavor is for a cigar that is presented as a luxury smoke I don't think the flavor matches the branding. It's just not uh, rich enough, yeah. you know, for like the luxury cigar experience. Right. To me, this, you know, it it's, there's nothing wrong with the flavor, but it doesn't smoke like a $30 cigar. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a luxury brand 
mostly in in the visual sense. Yeah, right, and less so in the olfactory and uh, I guess taste taste sense. I think this is. I I am getting impatient. Okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think this cigar to smoke it requires discipline. Mm-hmm. I think that th- this cigar calls for some discipline and a lot of time. Yeah. Right. This yeah. this might be like I don't know. Uh, I'm under the awning on my yacht mm-hmm. in the bay, mm-hmm. and I have three hours to whatever yeah. listen to podcasts or Cuban music or something. Right. You know, sip some some beers or some cappuccinos and yeah, smoke a cigar and do nothing. I don't know if it's my my own mental deficiencies, but this is like to me watching this cigar burn is like watching a clock on the last day of school. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what it was it was it, I was an inch and a half in an hour ago. <laughs> right, right. So one thing I will notice is my burn line is very uneven. However, if you look at uh, a burn line, what you're looking at is there's ash and then there's a transition period and then there's wrapper. And in the transition period, there's typically two colors. There's a black stripe and then there's a lighter stripe and then there's the wrapper. The thinner that burn line is, kind of the higher quality of the tobacco. If you have a fat burn line, then your wrapper is burning a little too quickly and a little too hot. Some of that has to do with, you know, your habits as a uh, smoker, right? Um, Look yourself in the mirror. Jesus. <laughs> um, so excellent burn line. It's not burning evenly. Um, you know, it's chasing some of the natural formation of the wrapper. Like where there's a vein, it's going to to kind of dip in. The burn line's going to dip in a little bit, you know, stuff like that. If it, the leaf is thicker, it won't... Uh, burn at the same rate so uh, while the line is uneven the actual burn line is fantastic on this nice yeah you can see that's a great photo i like that you should uh you should insta that one all right but it definitely shows like the the three colors the regular wrapper the light line and then the dark line yeah and then the ash so so oily my lord yeah it is very oily it almost seems like it's had oil added. It's smoke, man. It's real smoky. We need to get a rabbit air in this back room. Yeah. Well, oil smokes. All right. Right? Yeah. I'm like sorry. The oil, when oil burns, like if you have a smoky cigar, it's typically an oilier. And it's also typically a higher priming. Yeah. I usually burn my f- uh, food when I cook. So it's, I always set off my smoke alarm in the house. Mm. Usually cook with like a olive oil. How do you guys handle that in a retail shop? Like, do you have smoke detectors? No, not in the lounge. I no, mean, you fucking go off like. So if we if we are automatic do, sprinkler system yeah. activated. So if we are gonna do, um, it's interesting that you asked this. I don't think anyone's ever asked me this. Um, if we are gonna do a, a sprinkler system or a smoke alarm detection system, it's gonna be heat heat based. Right, right. It have to be. Yeah, um, like you know those those sprinkler heads that have the little uh, they have the little mercury bulb. Yeah. So like if it heats up, it bursts the bulb, right? And yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like it's we have always on top of fire extinguishers. Uh, more so important here than almost anywhere else, except for maybe a, a commercial commercial kitchen or batch factory. <laughs> batch factory. Match. Match, match factory. Match factory. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
other than an industrial oil refinery. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm enjoying this cigar. Um, the the construction's pretty good. The smoke output is pretty good. The flavor is pretty good. It's it's definitely sort of one dimensional. And like I said, I don't think it's it stands up to like luxury scrutiny in terms of the flavor profile. Um, it it tastes to me like a lower end cigar. But we are an hour into the show and uh, it's time to wrap up. But we are not ready to rank this cigar, right? I just started the second third. In all fairness, yeah, right. Like it, it wouldn't be fair. To, to rank the cigar at this point. So we are going to leave all of our listeners on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. We will uh, we will release the ranking later, but it's time to wrap up this show. So I think my, uh, I guess, just final comments on the cigar. Um, the price point is high. There's a lot of options, you know, at that that price point. Um, love the branding. You know, the, the uh, Sacred Arts collection is, it's just, I think it's cool branding. I know that's subjective, but I like it. Um, the box, the the bands, the wrapper, pretty cool. They meet. I think they meet the high end standard. Yeah. Um, the end two bar construction is notable. I can mm-hmm. tell, you know, with the smoke output and draw. You know, this is a very well constructed cigar. Uh, flavor probably not in everybody's wheelhouse, to be honest with you. Um, but if you like that, you know, vegetal tobacco taste, which a lot of folks do. Um, you'll enjoy it, and I I'm enjoying it because I don't smoke a lot of cigars in this. Right, profile. it's a change of pace. I yeah, mean, this is yeah. completely devoid of sweetness. This is right devoid of of cedar right flavors. Right. I mean, there there's like when people say all cigars taste the same, this is the one I'll think of. Yeah, and be like, no, are you sure about <laughs> yeah. that? Hint of leather. Yeah, as absolutely. I'm getting into the second third, hint of leather, um, and that's kind of where we're at. So. Luxury smoke this week, you know, not something we do all the time on this podcast. And uh, you all will have to tune in later to find out how we rank it. Thank you for joining us on Burnline Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Burnline Podcast. Email us, burnline at gmail.com. Shit, I forgot to read the listener emails. And don't forget to email us, burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on all of the uh, socials. I've got uh, Nick working on that because he knows this shit and I don't. So. <laughs> Thank you, Nick, for taking over that. I'm just Gen Z. That's all. D- totally. Uh, I'm old. Um, but we appreciate your uh, listening to the show, and please contact us because we cannot get better or give you what you want unless you talk to us. So get out of your shell. Send us an email. <laughs> Pick on Nick. We love all this stuff. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>